We want to get into the scripture. Uh, we want to read um, from John chapter 3. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 17. And um, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. <laughs> um, but here we go. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life for God can y'all all say this with me by heart of course I got English standard versions so I might be a little different for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word that you've given to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're present here with us, you're in us, and you lead us and you guide us and you open the eyes of our understanding so that we might Know the truth that will deliver us, that will set us free. And God, I pray right now, God, that you speak to every heart through this message. And Lord God, that it will just profoundly impact us, change us in such a way that it will move us forward in your will. And we ask it in the mighty, precious name of Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, um, I have, if I had to put a title on this, which I did, I would call it New Heart, New Spirit, Happy New Year. 
And, uh, and I do wish you a happy new year. But one of the ways for us to enter the new year right is not necessarily through resolutions, but it's by being renewed in our hearts, renewed in, by, by the Holy Spirit so that God can do a new thing through us. And, uh, you know, the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God when we read that text there, you heard Jesus say that we can't enter the kingdom, we can't see the kingdom unless we are born again, born from above, born of the Spirit and of water. So the Spirit of God and the kingdom of God, they go hand in hand. When, where we see the Spirit of God moving, we see the kingdom of God breaking forth into our world. And what do we say at the end of the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I think that's at the beginning of the prayer, right? All right. <clears throat> but the kingdom of God is simply this. It's the rule of God. It's the reign of God. It's the will of God being done. Um. The Bible says, Romans 14, 17, Paul says, for uh, the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating and drinking because there were so many issues that Paul had to address. People thought that's how they were, had God's favor. Or, uh, and, and he said, but the kingdom of God is not, it's not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the expansion of God's kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in our midst this year, here at the gathering, means we need renewed hearts. We need a fresh infilling of God's spirit. We need revival, don't we? How many would like that? I know I would love for God to touch my heart and renew me so I can start a new year for him. So we pray that. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Lord, revive our hearts to love you fully. You know what? God is not here to uh, repair your old heart. He's here to give you a heart transplant. He wants to give you a new heart. You know, I had bypass surgery two years ago, coming up on two years. And... Uh, <laughs> I was really surprised. I didn't know my heart was that messed up. Um, and fortunately, I got down to the ER in time to avoid a heart attack. And I thought they'd just put some stents in. But man, he said, no, you've got to have triple bypass surgery. Well, I about had a heart attack. <laughs> and, <laughs> he told me that. And uh, so... Not too long later, a few days later, I was in surgery and, uh, you know, I had triple bypass. So they repaired my heart. But God doesn't want to go into you and repair your old sinful heart. God says, I will give you a new heart. I'll give you a brand new heart. I'll give you my spirit. We'll talk more about that later. But... Um, so that's what God wants to do. And there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions. I got a few already. 
Um, and I, it's always a weight resolution, right? I'm going to lose weight. And I'm serious about that, you know. I mean, three months from now, you won't even know who I am. I'm going to have <clears throat> no stomach. But I really pray that would be so nice. But <clears throat> beyond resolutions, we do want to see revival. We want to see, we want to see God move in our midst in such a way that it's obvious the kingdom of God, his righteousness, his peace and joy, his miraculous delivering power is in the midst of his people to deliver us and to bring us forward and doing his will. Uh, Nicodemus is an interesting character. By the way, his name in the Greek is... Um, we get the word Nike, Nick, comes from the Greek word Nike. I might be saying that wrong. That might be the American tennis shoe version, version, but it means overcomer. And so, and Demas refers to common, the common people. So Nicodemus, his name means victor among the people or victory of the people. Now, I think that's interesting. Uh, Nicodemus, what we learned from what we just read, he was of the Pharisees. And uh, I think y'all all know, they weren't really a great bunch, right? Um, but they were powerful. We'll talk more about them. And he was a ruler of the Jews. This meant that he was like one of the 70 elders. He was a, a member of the Sanhedrin. So he was a ruler of the Jews. And Jesus said, you're a teacher of Israel. So he was a teacher of Israel. But most importantly, he was a seeker after Jesus. He was a good student. He came to Jesus at night. And he said, we know that you're a teacher that's come from God because you know, no one can do the mighty works that you do unless God is with him. So he had enough discernment to know that. And rather than letting his position and his power and his place keep him from coming to Jesus, he comes at night and he asks Jesus, he tells Jesus, we know you're from God because of the mighty works that you do. God can't do that unless God's with you. Well, Jesus, he didn't waste time, did he? He wasn't flattered, you know, by that compliment. I mean, he went right to the heart of the matter with Nicodemus. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he says, a little later, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, he marveled at that statement that Jesus made because that ain't what Nicodemus taught. You've got to be born again. He didn't even understand it. What in the heck are you talking about? You know, and his response was, do I go back into my mother's womb and I'm born a second time? And um, I think it's interesting to know that the Jews believed 
They were natural heirs of the kingdom of God by their natural birth. Just by being born in the flesh, born of a woman, born as a Jew, they were natural heirs of the kingdom of God. They also believed that they were covenant people of God through circumcision. And we read about that in Genesis 17. Um, they believed they were the people of God because of the Mosaic law, the, the covenant there that Moses made and the law that was given to the Jewish people. They had the prophets. They had the temple. They had all of this. And they thought because they had all of this, that they were God's, and they are God's, they are God's chosen people. But <clears throat> here's what I say. It's to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. They're first in line. The Jewish people have been prepared and yet they still didn't have their eyes open. They missed it, except for a remnant. And we see the church, the Jewish church, and then the Gentiles brought in. So they, they thought that because of their birth, their natural birth, that they were natural heirs of the kingdom of God. The Jewish, the Jewish people believed that for Gentiles to inherit the kingdom of God, they had to be converted to Judaism and become a Jew. They believed in a, also they believed in the restoration of David's kingdom, King David. They believe there's going to be a physical, political, literal, literal reign of the Messiah. He would come and, and he would be the son of David. Well, that's Jesus, right? We just celebrated that. And in all the singing, he's, he, we talked about his royalty, that he's, he's king, he's Lord. But they didn't see that. Jesus did not, it was not what they were looking for because they wanted a physical kingdom. But Jesus came to bring a spiritual kingdom that we all are born into by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus sets the record straight. He tells Nicodemus, your natural birth and your Jewish heritage will not get you into the kingdom of God. You've got to be born again, born from heaven, born from above, born by the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit's work. It's like the wind blowing. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. So, it, it, so it's that way with those that are born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus says, how can these things be? But this is the work of God, the new birth. It's a sovereign work of God. If God doesn't intervene, you and me, with our fallen nature, we will never seek God. But by the, Jesus said, no man can come to the Father or come to me unless the Father draws him. And no man can come to the Father except through Jesus. So he says, you must be born again. It's the Spirit's work. It's the sovereign act of God like the wind blowing. 
You must believe, Jesus said, you've got to believe in me. You must believe in Jesus to have eternal life. Remember, as we read, he said, as the serpent, the brazen serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so will the Son of Man be lifted up. And, of course, we know that story. Nick explained that story in the first service. Um, And uh, it was about Israel in the wilderness, and they were rebelling against God, and God sent fiery serpents into the camp to bite the Israelites. And, and And these were venomous snakes, so they were dying. And God told Moses, when he sought the Lord in prayer, he said, make a brazen serpent. And when they're bitten... If they look at that brazen serpent that's lifted up in the middle of the camp, they will live, they won't die. Well, that was a picture of Jesus Christ, who brass speaks of God's judgment. If you look in the, in the, in the Old Testament, brass is always a symbol of God's judgment. And so God made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus became that serpent. He became that sin. And God put upon him our sin. He became that sin offering. And he became the sin bearer. And he drank the cup of God's wrath on our behalf so that we would not know the judgment and the wrath of God. That's coming. But we will know the the favor of God because we stand complete in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that alone makes us worthy. So he's like that brass servant, serpent. And when we are bitten by sin and we feel the bite and we know that death ensues, that is eternal separation from God. When we feel that sting, we hear the good news preached in the gospel where Christ is being lifted up as we proclaim the good news and hearts that feel that death coming on them, look to the cross and they are saved and their sins are removed, cast into the sea of forgiveness to be remembered no more, removed as far as the east is from the west. What a wonderful grace of God. So Jesus is not teaching a new doctrine. It was foretold by the prophets and Nicodemus a teacher of Israel, he should have known this. He's a teacher of Israel. He knows the law. He knows the prophets. The law and the prophets pointed to Jesus. They didn't point to some pharisaical law, legal system that was governing Israel. But in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 to 27, Ezekiel says, now they're in, remember, Israel's in exile when Ezekiel prophesies this. And he promises God's going to bring them into the promise, back to their homeland. And he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And Jesus, you got to be born of water in the spirit. I think That water just describes the work of the Holy Spirit is to cleanse us. He says, and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. Israel went into exile because of idolatry. By the way, that's why the Pharisees 
came forth as a strong religious party because they didn't ever want to go back into idolatry. So they were going to make sure they were going to keep idolatry out of Israel by making a system that no man could live by. Anyway, he says, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'll give you a heart uh, heart of flesh. So he's going to take the hard heart. He's going to give us a new heart, a heart that is soft, that's pliable, that's teachable. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. In Jeremiah 31, the prophet says in 31 through 34, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. What did Jesus do when he did the Lord's Supper? Today, this, this is a new, the new covenant. This, the, the, this blood, it represents the new covenant. All right? I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord. For they all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. I uh, forgot my Bible and I forgot to put the scripture on this iPad. But if you want to look at the Pharisees that... Uh, that uh, Nicodemus was a part of, they had made a a works-based righteousness that you're saved by your own righteousness, obeying the law. And it it became very legalistic. And if you want to see what Jesus thought about the Pharisees, read Matthew 23. Because there are seven woes where he says, woe to you Pharisees. And the one that I was going to read to you, um, he talks about how you travel land and sea to make a proselyte. And when you make him, when you convert him, he becomes twofold the child of hell than you. That's pretty strong uh, indictment, isn't it? And... um, And yet this was the religious environment of, of the day when Jesus came. They had put their tradition of the elders before the law itself, you know. But um, this is what happens <laughs> when you stray from the Scripture. This is what happens when you don't have the Spirit. You know, I heard a quote one time, with the Word only we dry up. That was the Pharisees. With the Spirit only, we blow up. That's Pentecostals. <laughs> and with <clears throat> both of them together, we grow up. And so we need both of them. Um, but Jesus died. He rose. He ascended to heaven. His whole purpose 
was to send the Holy Spirit. He says, for your advantage that I leave, so that you can receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. Because when he comes, I'm with you, but he'll be in you. And he won't speak of himself. He's going to talk about me. He'll teach you about me. And so we see in Acts 2, man, they're, they're in Jerusalem. And what did, they, what did the disciples ask Jesus before he went back to heaven? Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom? And he said, he said, that's in the Father's hands. It's not my business. But you go to Jerusalem and you pray till you're filled with power from on high. And then you'll be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And so Jesus, they did that. <laughs> they went to Jerusalem. And on that day, the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled with the Spirit of God and boldness came upon Peter and he preaches the good news. 3,000 are saved and next thing you know, Jerusalem is just on fire. The kingdom of God is there in the church. The church is the arm of the kingdom. We're the extension of the kingdom. And so... Uh, you read on in Acts, man, the Gentiles get converted. Peter goes and preaches Jesus to them. And as he's preaching, the Holy Spirit comes on them. Were they, were they circumcised? Did they keep the law of Moses? Were they dotting every I and crossing every tittle, whatever? You know? No, God accepted them by faith, by their faith. He gave them the Spirit. And when He gave them the Spirit, He gave them the kingdom of God. Because when you receive the Spirit, God's kingdom is inside of you. It's the kingdom of God. Um, in fact, Romans 8, 15-17, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. The law, the law kept us in fear. Because no man could be justified by the law. The law was a teacher to show us Christ. You need a Savior. You need a Savior who will save you. You can't do this by yourself. You need somebody to do it for you, and that's Jesus. And so he says, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with the Christ provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. By the way, the disciples, when they were persecuted, they said, it's through much persecution that we enter the kingdom. So when bad things happen <laughs> or you're, you're persecuted because of your faith, Know that, that that is to help you enter the kingdom. And how do we enter the kingdom? You're being born again by having the Holy Spirit. It gives you a new heart. So the kingdom of God right now, it's, it's spiritual. It's going to be physical one day. He will be king of kings and lord of lords. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that he's Christ to the glory of God the Father. 
There's coming a day. But right now it's spiritual and we have inherited the kingdom. And listen, by yielding to the Spirit, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit? Righteousness, peace and joy, goodness, kindness, self-control. There's nine fruit that they list. Well, that's the kingdom of God growing in us. Becoming Christ-like. When we receive and serve others with the gifts of the Spirit, that's the kingdom of God working through us. So bearing fruit, you're growing up. That's the kingdom in you, working in you. When you use the gift the Spirit gives you to serve the body with, then that is the kingdom of God working through you. Remember when Jesus said, if I by my finger cast that devil out, the kingdom of God is near you, right? They were saying he was of the devil. And no, that's the kingdom. And God's kingdom is there in power so that when Jesus was here, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He opened blind eyes and deaf ears. He made the lame to walk and the mute to speak because the kingdom of God was evident. And it can happen today as we pray, as we let God use our giftings. People can be or saved. People are healed. People are discipled. People grow. So, <clears throat> have you been born again? Do we need a renewed heart or a fresh infilling of God's Spirit? We need revival first, not resolutions, right? We don't want to go the route of the Pharisees. You know, where we have a checkoff list. We want a relationship with Jesus. And that's what we need. By the way, Nicodemus turned out all right, like Nick said earlier. He was there for the trial of Jesus, and he said, you know, every man deserves a trial, fair trial. He stuck up for Jesus. And then at his, he went with Joseph of uh, Amarathea, I forgot he got his name, but they took him off the cross, and they prepared him for burial, and they placed him in a tomb. So Jesus, Nicodemus was a disciple, a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that we have a new season coming upon us. And Lord, while any day is good for turning and changing, Lord, it's good that we have new seasons that give us opportunities uh, to change, that make us think about it. And uh, Lord, as we come into this new year, Lord, we don't want it to be by our might. We don't want it to be by our power. But we want it to be by your spirit, says the Lord. We want it to be by your spirit. And Lord, we want to see in this year, there's so much chaos in the world. Let, Lord, this gathering and let each individual here be a light on a hill that shines into the darkness and people can see there's hope 
There is sanity. <laughs> there is order. There is righteousness abounding. And they call on your name and are saved. Use us, Lord, this year to just to grow in our faith, but also to use our gifts to serve you. And I just thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every day. Your love never ceases, lest we be consumed. And say, so, Lord, it's in that we can turn to you. Say, Lord, give me a, David said, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Uphold me by your free spirit, Lord. So God, we just come to you today and we say, God, give us that new heart in Jesus' name. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done in us, through us this new year in Jesus' name. Amen.